Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Kevin Vanderput. So, good morning, everyone. How are you all doing? Everyone doing good? Yes, great. Um, before we jump into anything, actually, uh, there's going to be a lot of interaction again today, a bit like uh, the last few weeks, but um, maybe you can find someone that you didn't come up with uh, here, that you didn't come here with, and uh, you can share one highlight of your week and one maybe low point or challenge of your week, and then spend a minute to pray together. Is that right? So I know we're not in around tables or whatever, but if you have to get up and find someone, do that, and then we can can all share like that a bit of our our life with one another. Is that right? We're going to take five minutes to do that. So just find someone, share a highlight, maybe a bit of a challenge this week, and just pray with one another. Is that okay? All right, let's do it. This is us sharing life, right? This is us doing life together. And actually, this isn't about us coming to a building um, and just us and God, but God calls us and puts us into a body, right? And so we want to uh, have this culture of just engaging with one another, sharing life with one another, and, and sharing the good times and the challenging times as well, and be praying together. So that's what we just did. Great. So over these next few weeks, uh, we've heard the message from uh, Colin last week. Um, we unpacking these things that Pastor Clive shared in the Vision Sunday a few weeks back, and that's sharing your life, sharing your faith, and sharing Jesus. And today is going to be like part two of that sharing your life part uh, of those three things. And um, Colin really shared a brilliant message last week. Uh, we went homes, and uh, I was at Claire and Travers, and um, it, it was just so lovely. And the conversation that it, it, it created, really initiated, uh, was so encouraging as well. And if there was um, one verse that probably summed up uh, the message, it would be this. Uh, it's found in First uh, Thessalonians 2.8. It says, so we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. And so we see the importance of not just saying this is God, this is the Bible, this is church, but hey, here's my life. And this is what it looks like to live with God and to share our lives. And Colin was sharing part of his testimony and uh, saying how it's because people share their lives with him that he is where he is today. And what a testimony for them that today he is not only saved, but a leader in the church. And that will forever be the fruit of those guys that invested in his life for so long. So sharing our lives is the right thing to do, right? It's so important. And it's not just about getting people saved. We don't do it just for that. But it's about having loving, deep relationships, friendships, growing with people. And through that, time and time again, we demonstrate our love and care for people around us the way Jesus did as well. Um, I want to talk about my grandma for a minute, if that's all right. Uh, You don't know her, but she's a lovely lady. Take it from me. Um, And she just passed away, actually, last week. Um, And uh, I went on Thursday. I did like a lightning trip to Belgium and back um, because her funeral was on Friday. And uh, now the ceremony was open for anyone to come. And it was actually a really beautiful moment. You know, she was saved, so we knew where she was going and, and we knew what was happening there as such. And of course, it was sad and, and the family was there and it's my mom, mom. So my mom was very emotional and that was hard to see. But there was this underlying 
um, hope there the whole time and joy because we, and, and she had left instructions, you know, grandmas do that, they, they want things a certain way, so she was like, I want hymns to be sang and I want flowers there and I don't want black, wear colors because, you know, it's a joyful thing. And so it was, it was a great, it was a great moment, but um, I don't know if it's the same thing here, but back home there's this custom where at the end of a funeral service, uh, the family kind of stands in a line near the exit and, and, and people come by and they can kind of give a few words and share the condolences, say it for me. That's it, um, with you. And so, um, and so I was standing there, and, and, and there were so many people that, that, that came to the funeral. And I, and I was standing there, and, and that part was really amazing, because you know your grandma is your grandma, and, and somehow you share part of her life, and you, forgot, you forget that she lived long before she became your grandma. And so somehow there's all those connections that you don't realize because you just know her as the grandma who comes and picks you up from school and does all this stuff. But she had much more going on in her life. And so that part was amazing because not only did extended family come, um, but like friends that she had known for 50 plus years, Christians and non-Christians, neighbors came from the, the building where she lived now and her previous place, and uh, which she moved a few years ago. So for those people to still show up, I was amazed. And, and they all were saying the same thing. Your grandma was an incredible lady. She was so loving and kind and compassionate. And one lady came up to me and shared, and she's part of, of the church where we did the service. Um, and she said, I am in this church. I am where I am today because of your grandma. Now, how amazing is it to hear that? And I was like, wow. So for none of these people, you know, had to be there. That, that's the thing. They took time of their day to come and be there because of the impact that grandma had in their life. And so it showed that, yeah, she made a difference. And so and, and that morning, again, all of them, Christian, non-Christian, heard the gospel, heard everything, because again, she wanted it to be like, tell them about Jesus, tell them about Jesus. So that's what um, the guy who did the, the pastor who did the ceremony did. And uh, she, she heard not just from her mouth, but from the mouth of her children and grandchildren and the pastor there, what it meant for her to live out the gospel and now to live eternity with God. And right there, you know, I realized more than I ever have that my grandma shared her life well and shared her life with many people around her. And for people to come to me and people that she's known 50 plus years, old friends that were saying, I'm here today. I'm a Christian today. I'm part of this body because of what your grandma did in my life. I was amazed. And, 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 and it got me thinking all the way back and even at the ceremony of like, what? I don't want to sound morbid, but, you know, one day it probably will happen. What will people say of my life, you know? And what, who will be there? And, and what will they say? And there's a verse in the Bible. Um, it's, it's in Philemon. Did you say Philemon or Philemon? Philemon. Okay, we'll go with Philemon. Cool. Philemon. It's a very short book, right? It's not talked about too often probably, but the letter is actually addressed by Paul to an individual called Philemon. Um, and it's to settle a conflict between him and one of his sermon, uh, servants, not a sermon. Now, this verse uh, is very interesting. It says this, 
I thank my God always, making mention of you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and your faith, which you have towards the Lord Jesus and towards all the saints, God's people. Now I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective and powerful because of your accurate knowledge of every good thing which is ours in Christ. For I have had great joy and comfort and encouragement from your love because the heart of the saints, God's people, have been refreshed through you, my brother. What is it essentially saying? Philemon, thank you. You've been so great. You've been so encouraging, so loving to the saints, to God's people, to the church, to who we are as a body. But now I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective and powerful because you understand who we are in Christ, what he has done for us, and what he wants to do in the world. I know we've been encouraged through you, and I encourage the ones that are not saints yet, is, I believe, what Paul is saying to Philemon in that moment. It's a challenge to all of us, and it's a challenge that my grandma even took to heart and obviously fulfilled in that moment. And it's a challenge for me included because of my position. I relate so much to that. I can spend my time surrounded by the saints and encouraging them and and, and spending time with them. And actually, God is calling us to share our faith beyond that, share our life beyond that. So that it would be powerful and effective. There's another verse found in Corinthians says this, You yourselves are a letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the human heart. If all our lives are this letter that's read and seen by everyone, everyone who comes in touch with us in one way or another, they see this letter. It begs the question then, What do they read on that letter? What do they see on that letter? What do people read when they spend time with us, when they look at us, when when we share words with them, speak with them, have conversations together? And so I actually want to ask you to go back into groups, if that's all right. You can make bigger groups, like three or four people. And I want to ask two questions on this first bit that we spoke about. How comfortable are you sharing your life with others? And how important does that need to become? And if your life is that letter, what do you think that people would read it as? What would they read on that letter if your life is that letter? Is that all right? Look, they're both there. They're kind of readable. So do you want to get into groups? We'll spend five minutes doing that, and then we'll come back together. Hopefully, again, this was uh, encouraging and helps earth things like because we hear all those messages right all year long 52 weeks of the year 52 messages 52 things where God is speaking God is saying but what does it look like for me and what influence is that going to have on my Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday Um, and I think it's important that we look at that and um, we're going to go back one more time into groups at the very end to really see practically what can we do now Uh, in Mark 2 Uh, there's the story of Jesus uh, calling Levi to him, one of his uh, disciples, and it says this, verse 13, once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at a tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. 
While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have, come, I have not come sorry, to call the righteous, but sinners. And when Colin asked this question last week, what do you already do that you can involve other people in? And, you know, he's doing climbing, and so he invites other people, anyone who wants to go climbing with him. Um, and I thought to myself, well, I don't really do, like, any sort of activity like that where I can easily involve other people in. And then I read this story, and I was like, well, Jesus shared many meals with people, right? Um, and, and Colin again shared this stat 13 times in the Gospel of John alone. It's mentioned that Jesus shared a meal or talked in small groups, shared life in people that way. And here we see it at Levi's house, sharing a meal with tax collectors and sinners. Uh, and tax collectors were not seen as good people at all, um, as, as we've seen in, in other stories already. Um, and, and apart from January, maybe because of the fasting, we cook most evenings, right? And we have a meal all together as a household. And so it wouldn't actually add anything extra to my agenda to say, hey, we're having this meal tonight. Do you like spaghetti bolognese or whatever? Do you want to come over and have that with us? And um, Tim Chester is an author of, he wrote this book called A Meal with Jesus, in which he talks about the importance of sharing time around the table and food in, in Jesus' ministry. And he says this, there is a danger, a danger that if we only do things for people, then we communicate by our actions that I am able and you are unable then the message we convey is not welcome to God or the welcome of God, but the message is become like me. We may talk of grace with our words, but our actions communicate the need for social and moral improvement. But when we sit and eat with one another, then we are together around a table. Then we can speak of grace as fellow sinners." And maybe for you, a meal is a lot. Maybe you don't like cooking, maybe whatever. There is plenty of ways. But I like what he said because often we say, well, as Christian, we can do things for people and in that way show love to them, right? And, and we can do things for people. But I never thought about this thing of like what it communicates might not be what we want to communicate to them in that sense. Well, you need to become like me or I am like this and come more my way. I am able and you are unable. But I Actually, when you sit down all the table, same level, and you share a meal together, and you speak of grace as, you know, just very real moment there. And as I said, maybe it's not about sharing meals, but it's finding something that you can do together with someone rather than for someone. And uh, we were in homes again. I was at Claire and Trevor. Karen was there as well last week. And she said about, uh, she, she has two lovely dogs, right? They have two lovely dogs. And uh, she goes on, on dog walks with people. And I thought, what a brilliant thing. I don't have a dog. Maybe I should get a dog. But it's a great way, right? Dog people love dog people. And so you're going on a walk with your dog anyway. Might as well ask the neighbor who has a dog, hey, do you want to go on a walk with me, with the dog? And we can chat along the way. I think it's a great way to have quality time with someone. And as I said, you have to do it anyway. So one not share your life in that moment with someone else. I thought that was brilliant. And the truth is, we don't do any of this so that we can get people saved. I mean, yes, we'd love for people to get saved, but 
we are not better than them or anything like that. Again, another author, Timothy Keller, he says, we don't love people in order to share our faith with them. Rather, we share our faith and ourselves with them in order to love them. Do you see the difference there? The end goal should never be that we have relationship with people just so that they can get saved. But we can have those relationships and we need to have those relationships because we are called to love in the first place. right? Regardless of the outcome, we are called to love first. And Jesus embodied that perfectly. Um, I don't know if any of you are watching The Chosen, you know, this famous TV show with the life of Jesus. They, they started season three now, and we're not very far along. We watched one episode. But in that one episode, first, se- first episode of season three, uh, Judas comes along and has a conversation with Jesus, right? And, and you, I, I never stopped and thought about what would that have been like, that moment. But there, seeing it happen on the screen with faces and, and looks to each other. And Judas comes and he wants to be a disciple. And Jesus said, are you going to follow me? And, Jesus, and Judas, in all honesty, goes, uh, Judas, by the way, the guy who betrayed Jesus, yeah? And, and Judas goes, in all honesty, yes, I want to follow you. I can see that you're the guy and I want to follow you like these guys. I want to be part of this. And Jesus smiles and looks at him and in all love and honesty goes, Come, be part, and introduce him to the other disciples. And I thought, man, he fully knew. He knew what was going to happen. He knew that Judas was going to betray him down the road. Yet in that moment, looks at him with complete love and acceptance, welcomes him, shares his life with him for years before that very moment takes place. Embodiment of what love looks like regardless of what the outcome may be. He fully knew, like, Judas is going to, this is coming. That moment is, yet, I'm going to love you. Yet, I'm going to share my life with you. Yet, I'm going to lay down my life in service of yours. In that moment, the look of Jesus' eyes, we were chatting about it after watching the episode. I was like, wow, like, it's, it's, it's really, yeah, real. And poignant, poignant, that word, yes. We are called to love. We are called to love first. And of course, we want to see people saved. But as we love them, and in order to love, we have to share our life, right? We have to share our life. And as we share our lives, people are loved. They are touched. They are transformed. And eventually, maybe we pray for, they get saved. And it brings me back to, again, my grandma's funeral. She did that. She shared her life She loved people, and she might not have realized the impact of those little conversations with neighbors and things that she did. But the neighbors from a building, I'm still not over it. Like, I I don't know if my neighbors would show up at my funeral, you know? Like, her neighbors showed up and said to me, your grandma was such a compassionate and loving lady. And she might not have shared the gospel in that moment with them, but they heard it that morning, you know? And so the impact that has, that all of that has together is so encouraging. The only way to love people is to share our life with them, to build a relationship with them. And that's what we are called to do. I want us to pray before we finish, but I want to, you to take time one more time in your little groups. And I want you to talk about one practical step you can take to share your life maybe that little bit more this week or in the coming weeks. Um, I don't know what that looks like. It may look like 
inviting someone to walk the dog with you. It may look like just sitting with one of your colleagues at work. It may look like inviting someone over for a meal in your house. Sharing your life doesn't have to look one way. And I think there's this pressure in our head as Christians that I need to get people saved. I need to, I need to see them saved. And, and, and we all probably have this one image of what that looks like. Maybe it's you standing in the street going, there is a place called hell. That's not the way to go about it. But um, it doesn't have to look that way. It can be really simple. It can be really low key. And yet, in your words and attitude and the way you look and love people, they are impacted. And eventually, you don't only share your life, but share your faith. You don't only share your faith, but share Jesus. And that moment comes of having people saved. Let's go back in our little groups and have a little bit more of a conversation. What can be one practical thing I can do to share my life with someone? And then you can pray with one another for your week and the outworking of all of that. We're going to get into a rhythm of doing more of those uh, very interactive Sundays, if that makes sense. Because um, this is not just about downloading something, but it's about earthing whatever is shared as well. So um, yes, we'll get into more of a rhythm of doing these like that. Um, let me pray before we finish, and then Sharon will come and share some announcements. Father, I thank you, Lord, for what you are saying to us in this time, in this season. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we are all part of this body. We are all your children, and you have all given us a story. There's something uh, that, that has shaped who we are today, and, and that can be shared with the world around us. Father, I thank you for this week. I thank you for just very real and practical opportunities to share our lives with people. Father, I thank you that there's no pressure in that. There's no one way to do it. But I thank you, Lord, that through it all, you would lead us, guide us, equip us. Father, I thank you that we have everything we need for every opportunity that is coming as well. And Lord, I pray that everyone would just have such a blessed, positive week, Lord, uh, before we come back together next Sunday. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.